This is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. I'm Dave Vanderveen. I'm in Ada, Michigan today at the Excess World Headquarters. And um, I want to talk about a few things. I've got a guest with me today, uh, uh, Amanda Grant, who helps me with all of my travel. Amanda, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me today, David. You bet. Um, and before we get into the interview with Amanda, I wanted to talk about some general concepts today that tie into the work that I'm doing, the life that I live, and I think the Kick Aspirational podcast in general, which is, um, it starts out a bit philosophically, and uh, it, it's all about how I believe we can shape our lives and sort of shape the truth that we exist in. Um, doesn't mean that everything's relative, but I do believe that... Uh, we have the power uh, to create the truth, uh, to create the experience, to create the environment that we want to live in. And that ties into um, a really interesting kind of, uh, basically to the direction of philosophy and a lot of the direction of science, particularly quantum mechanics. Um, my older son Skyler sent me a podcast um, recently. I was a philosophy major in college at Wheaton and, and at Calvin. And uh, so I, I love reading philosophy. He loves reading philosophy. He studied literature but loves philosophy. And he sent me this, um, this podcast. Uh, it's called the, um, oh, what's it called here? It's called Philosophize This. If you want to look it up, philosophizethis.org. And episode number 125 is about a philosopher named Gilles Deleuze. He's a French philosopher. He's post-enlightenment, post, post-modern. Um, and it ties into the direction of science. What Jill's, what Jill Deleuze, and I hope I'm saying this right, Jill Deleuze, uh, is all about is this idea that kind of challenges the basic assumption um, of of the history of philosophy and the history of science, which you know goes back to Plato and goes back to the scientific method in the Enlightenment, where philosophers believed that they were looking out into the, to the universe and discovering truths that pre-existed. Um, same with science, right? That's the basic foundation. They'd argue about the process of discovering it and the process of whether or not that was truth, but the idea was truth existed out there and we were just discovering it or finding it. Um, it's the same with science. Scientists were saying, hey, we're just observing and then we're, we're, we're following this process and then we're, you know, the scientific method and at the end we'll discover what the analytical truths are of that, of that, of that process that we observe. The funny thing is, uh, as, as, history and, and science progressed, we got into you know, Niels Bohr and quantum mechanics, how particles behave, which is very different than how large bodies we observe behave. You know, when you observe planets in the cosmos, they work on very fixed uh, timings. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You can predict where the moon's going to be, where the stars are going to be, how it all works together. It's very predictable, very con- consistent, and very constant. When you, which is, you know, Albert Einstein's whole models of general and special relativity are based on that. What, what happened when you got into quantum mechanics is we got into particle physics and the randomness of things. Um, in particular, one, one example that I think is really easy to, or f- fairly easy to understand is how photons or light particles work, where um, when you, there, are, there are experiments where you've essentially run light particles through a box where they can bounce off different elements in the box, which determines how they come out of that box, where their position when they exit the box. Um, one of the funny things about photons, and this happens throughout quantum mechanics in different ways, the, when somebody observes the photon, it fixes the direction of the photon. If you don't observe it, if it's in, in a sealed box, it can go any number of random directions. It's actually the observation that fixes the outcome. 
And so we were talking about some business processes here uh, with Excess uh, and, and other brands today, the last few days. And one of the things that I kept going through is there's, there are a lot of analytical marketers who do a very good job of giving you um, feedback on what's happening and different ways to, to cut up the metrics that occur. But part of our process has always been, particularly as owners of a business, to own the entire process and to be very deliberate about that process and to um, try and fix the outcomes as best we can because you're part of, you're observing and participating in that process as it goes along. And so there's this, I guess where I'm going with this is that if you want control of your life and control of your environment and control of, of who you become, um, that all starts with your values, your observations, and how deliberate you are in the engagement, which is bringing me back to a letter that Jay Van Andel, one of the founders of Amway, wrote to his friend, Rich DeVos, when they were both in the military during World War II. Rich was two years younger. Jay had gone through, um, you know, the entry into the, into the military, officer's candidacy school, and become an officer by the time Jay, I'm sorry, Jay had done that by the time Rich was just starting. So he's writing a letter, and I'm not gonna read the whole thing. It's a private letter between them. But there's a couple pieces in here that are really good, and I think um, highlight how the importance of travel and getting out into the world and having maybe your environment's changing around you, but your values keep you fixed so that you can effectively predict the outcome, even though a lot of things around you may change and there are a lot of things you can't control. So Jay is writing to Rich. Uh, Jay is in Denver, Colorado at Lowry Field. Rich is in, uh, he is, he is in uh, North Carolina at, uh, at a squadron uh, doing, doing his, his, as a private going through induction into the military. And um, Rich is clearly frustrated. Jay has worked through the, a lot of the frustration and has kind of settled into a position but is very aware of the frustration that exists. And they both want to do something on their own in the future. But at this point in time, because of World War II, they're locked into this box that they're in. And so Jay starts out by kind of, um, you know, letting Rich know that his frustration is real and deserved, but, you know, it's not, it's not everything and it's not the future. Um, and he tells Rich, you know, hey, don't worry about this. The Army life is, is temporary. And even though some people put a lot of um, put a lot of value on it, it's really just kind of a fake life or, or a, a, a constructed artificial environment. And he says, um, you know, some people put their value there because they're never never able to get anywhere in civilian life. But really, you can't judge a man at all by his position in the army or in civilian life, for that matter. A man is great not by virtue of his job, his money, or skill. Those things are only superficial. Th those melt away in the final analysis. You know that you can't take it with you. I'm, I'm reading this and paraphrasing at the same time. The really great man, this is a direct quote, the, this is Jay to Rich, the really great man has his greatness inside of him. The intangible things such as character, personality, honor, honesty, unselfishness. If a man has, has developed these in the utmost, all else is chaff in the wind. And those are the things you have in abundance, Rich. That's where you excel. And that's why I'll always say you're still the better man and always will be. He says, you're tops, Rich, and anyone who comes in contact with you can't help but know it. So don't worry so much about the superficial things, kid. You know, they'll come, they'll, they'll come your way eventually, with or without even noticing or trying, I'm sure. He's sure they're going to be successful. 
he's sure that things will come. They're less concerned with the specifics and more focused on get the values right, get how you're living your life right, and that will, that, that will create the observations and the outcomes. And he says, of course, I'll admit money is a handy thing to have, but you can't really get rich in the army. And he says, you know, you can't save that much. He says, no, Rich, our dreams will come true in spite of what's happening now, and we'll make out all right, kid. We've both got the stuff to do it. Let's not worry too much about the future. We'll think and plan and dream a lot. And we'll worry about the finances when that time comes. There's always a way, fella. And then when the time comes, we'll find it. And he says, so long to the finest friend in the world and a great guy all around. It's a phenomenal letter. It's private. I don't want to read the whole thing, but I wanted to share that piece of it. And I wanted to share that piece of it in light of what, um, you know, maybe in the changing reality of the world we live in, and uh, in, the, in the context of how I like to live my life, which I think fits very closely to, to the values that Rich and Jay had, um, at least in the structure. And, and uh, part of my life on social media, if you follow any of my social, you know, Davi, D-A-V-E-E-D-5-8 on Instagram, or if you follow me on Facebook, you know, my name, David Vanderveen, or, or, or you know, LinkedIn or, or Twitter, um, is about traveling around the world, working with business owners, and being engaged in the process because I believe your values are important and most importantly how you execute and live those values is really important and if you want to fix the outcomes in your life you have to live deliberately you have to put those values into action you may not be able to determine the exact outcomes and that's where analytics is really helpful because someone's going to measure it and they're going to help you refine it and do better at it but you can determine at least the success and then refine the success as you go. You need the velocity and the momentum first. And if you're doing it with the right values, you'll get to the right place. Um, it, it'll just, you know, it'll cost different amounts at different times and then you'll refine the cost and, and all those metrics. I hope this is making some sense. Um, but one of the people I'll, and I wanted to bring on was Amanda Grant because to have my life look fun and, you know, uh, engaging on social and seem like I have these smooth transitions around the world, which are incredibly complicated. I need Amanda to make that back end happen. Um, Amanda, uh, what is your current role? What do you, what do you do? So I am the excess travel planner and I help the excess and BYL team plan and manage all of their travel. And I also help special events book achievers for ABOs, uh, Diamond Club and New Platinum Conference. So um, are you also a travel agent on your own? I am. I'm also a travel agency owner on my own. I do vacation travel as my side gig and it kind of relates when I do my corporate business travel. So you started out working for an agency that, that effectively Amway owned, right? Yeah, so I was an Amway travel agent for four years and I helped everyone in the Western Hemisphere from South America, Central America, and here in the States. And um, through that process, you were liberated to uh, to create your own your own opportunity, right? So you're, you're basically selling your services to us now you're a contractor correct? yes correct and um, you're also your side hustle is you have a vacation travel business and you've just gotten a new trademark is that right I did yes yeah. so I am officially the proud owner of vacation life that is my trademark vacation life TM 
Yes. Awesome. Yes. Because I feel like everybody should live their best vacation life. And it comes down to experiences. You want to live in the experience. We're moving away from a material world where, you know, for the holidays, people aren't buying gifts. They're buying vacations. They're buying memories. They're buying an experience that will endure where, and I think there's a lot of psychology behind this. I just read some articles. There's been a lot of talk about this. Um, Buying a thing is very unsatisfying because the you you're in love with the thing before you acquire it but once you own it all that kind of that that, that popularity um, fades away yeah the 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 impact emotional impact really fades quickly because the reality sets in that it's probably not going to deliver all the all right. the things you were hoping it would where the experience the the idea of going someplace exotic yeah. having an experience and, and sometimes even the worst experiences oh, are the yeah. most memorable definitely right? living living in that moment and learning how to engage being in a completely different environment it just helps you grow as a person and see the world from a different perspective you know i was talking with dalton devos about traveling the world um rich's grandson because he's gone around the world on his on a boat. That oh, he, I saw that. Right? That's that, amazing. That he um, he was one of the crew on. He owned the boat, or his family owned the boat. He was the crew on it. They had a captain, um, but they went around the world. And um, you know, one of the things that we talked about, because I've been on a number of boat trips, not quite to that extent, obviously, but you know, on on you know adventure travel or adventure trips, particularly boat trips. When you're in the worst storms or you break an anchor or, you know, you're adrift or, you know, when things go badly and you have to find out solutions, those are the times when you learn so much about yourself where you have to break through a barrier. Oh, definitely. For example, when you lost your passport, when you were (laughs) in Malaysia, Malaysia, yes, you have to go with the swing of things sometimes, even if it's in the middle of the night. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I carried two passports, fortunate that way. And, uh. I had the passport that I entered Malaysia on. I had hurt my back on a rafting trip, and I had my, rather than put my passport into the pocket of my backpack where I normally carry it, I'd left it in my pants pocket, had fallen out of my pants. Malaysian Airlines, you know, um, maybe not the most responsive airline on earth, couldn't find it until uh, two days later. Uh, But I didn't know that. I didn't know where I'd lost it, looked for it everywhere. And then I tried to exit Malaysia via a car into Singapore, thinking yes. they would let me out on my other passport. And it turns out that's not how passports work. No, and you were you were detained. You were detained I at was, the border. It was quite the experience. I was detained by the Malaysian, uh, <laughs> um, you know, their their their, uh, their customs people, and um, I had to go back to uh, the the city that was as close to Singapore, and uh, and then figure out how to get a, passport get a passport within 24 hours because you were on tour and you had to go to your next launch event. And by the way, I had to fly from, uh, uh, I forget the name of the city. Uh, I think it's Bhopal. Anyways, I, yeah. Yep. I had to fly from Bhopal to, um, to Kuala Lumpur in order to get to the U.S. Embassy, in order to try and get a passport in the same day, in order to try and exit so I could get to Thailand where I had to be on stage for the launch of the market and actually ride a motorcycle onto the stage through confetti cannons. And he got there with just minutes to spare. Yeah, it was it was very touch and go. But that's one of the most memorable things. And um, it was funny, people just see me ride a motorcycle on stage because that vi- video is fairly popular. I just had somebody in New York in an unrelated business to ours tell me how he had seen that video. It was kind of funny in another business meeting I had. And, um, you know, people see the fun of driving a motorcycle through confetti on stage. What they don't realize is my back was completely, I had herniated discs. 
Um, I had lost my passport. We had gone through 40, 24 to 48 hours of mayhem to try and get me out of Malaysia to Thailand. You were very instrumental in making that happen. The, um, our partners, you know, Amway Malaysia and our, our partners there really helped me navigate the... Oh, those logistics. I mean, it all comes into play when you have a very special event. You know, it's all those little moments leading up to it that make it phenomenal. And it's not just black and white. It's every color of the rainbow. It's every experience. So I think one of the things that's, that's, that people don't understand is that um, when I'm in those situations and all hell is breaking loose, um, I'm often texting you... Yes. Um, oh, definitely. Fairly aggressively. And that's okay. That's what emojis are for. <laughs> and, and you are up at all hours of the day and night um, working with me and working with people on the ground to solve some of these problems. Probably the Malaysia one was more, one of the more extreme ones. Oh, de definitely. Definitely. That doesn't happen every day. But, but you and the team on the ground and uh, obviously me being in the middle of it um, figured it out and we found a solution and I think part of that is we said we didn't we didn't wait to analyze what the outcome was going to be we said the outcome is going to be David's riding a motorcycle on stage in Thailand at this time on this day the question is despite all the obstacles how will we get there how do we observe this process and manage and manipulate this process to get to that outcome yep. um, the science is constructed Always. It may not have been the most efficient route there, but we got there. We did. It was definitely a team bonding moment for the excess team. <laughs> all around. All around. I don't think any of us will ever forget it. So I wanted to uh, to to touch on that. Um, are there any questions you have, Amanda? You know, David, I've always wanted to ask if you could go anywhere in the world mm. tomorrow that you haven't been, mm. where would you go? Um, I know what I would do is I would do a, um, a live aboard dive and surf uh, excursion, travel adventure um, in Pop throughout Papua New Guinea looking, oh, wow. looking for lost World War II wrecks. That would be and, phenomenal. You know, Spearfishing, free diving, scuba diving, and, and surfing. There's one other one I want to do, and um, I'm working on this. I'm talking to Dalton about it, and uh, Pat Parnell would do the Outside TV series. The other one I want to do, since you've asked me, I'm going to give you two. Um, we want to do a sailing trip from Iceland to Greenland, uh, which I don't think the U.S. is going to be successful purchasing. Unfor unfortunately, I, I think you're right on that. <laughs> I don't even think, I don't even, you know, Denmark, it's, it's a part of Denmark. Denmark doesn't even think they have the right to sell it, which is even funnier. Um, but the, um, we want to do an excursion from Iceland to Greenland uh, on a sailing uh, ship run by Frisians where we surf, stand up paddle, potentially scuba dive or free dive, and... Uh, and then snowboard and ski uh, a mountain that we that we uh, that we scale in uh, in Greenland. Well, if you are interested in scuba diving in Norway, Viking shipwrecks are very cool in a heated suit. I have to say. Oh, do you know how to do that? Can you organize that? I can. I ah. can definitely organize that. That, that might, might that might be a warm up trip. Right. To yeah. The, to the. Uh, Right. More, more aggressive adventure trip that we're working on with Outside TV. Right now, you know, for 2020, it's all about the bucket list. It's yeah. all about living in the moment and having a clear experience with 2020, seeing things clearly. And so right now, a lot of people are booking very big bucket trips. You know, people want to go to Egypt and see the pyramids. They want to go and cruise through the Panama Canal. Does it have to be expensive? 
it does not have to be expensive. When you work with a travel agent, we always find you the best deal. And you have us available 24 hours a day in case you lose your passport. And you work with some of the most popular online travel sites. I so do. people don't have to worry about they can find it cheaper someplace else. You can help them find that too. Exactly. And the thing with travel agents is that we have live availability at our fingertips. And we work with all the major brands and vendors. So when we sell a lot of, say, Delta flights or Delta vacations, sometimes we get better perks right and um, so you can help us find sometimes all, you know deals that are kind of incorporate hotel rental car uh, yes package or, deals or however you want to go package deals and then um, if we run into to sticky bits along the way we can reach you any time of the day or night and you will help us solve those problems yes that is what a travel agent is supposed to be for so you will be observing the photon in process, directing its path, so we have the best outcome. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. So if we apply these values, we can determine the outcomes. Well, um, Amanda, thank you for joining the Kick Aspirational podcast today. How do people reach you if they're interested in exploring travel options? If you'd like to follow me on social media, our travel agency is Vacation Life, and that is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, do you have an email? We do. Our email is contact at vacationlifellc.com. Contact at vacationlifellc.com. Yes. Awesome. And you're Amanda Grant. And I'm Amanda Grant. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Amanda, for being on the Kick Aspirational Podcast. Thank you for having me, David. I, it was very, very fun. And I think we really tied a lot of great things together today. Um, this is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. It is not a spectator sport. It is not just about observation. It is about getting involved in the process and breaking through barriers in your own life, creating the life you want, and hopefully paying it forward and taking some other folks with you. Thanks for joining us. Whatever you do this week, please be kick aspirational.